Hey everyone, I just had an amazing conversation with Jovita and Jordan Mascarenas, who are the co-founders behind Bartisanil. We discussed about how they started the brand, how do they name their shorts, how do they name their products, which is amazing, like Raid and Run, where their childhood stories inspire the naming of brands. We discussed about Rasam Mixer, which unfortunately or fortunately didn't get launched, and many other things that you will find out about how do you create an artisanal brand and how do you scale it. Go and watch the episode inside. So, Jovita, I think uh, first, when I saw you guys first, my first question before anything else was mother-son duo running a business. So, I'm definitely going to double-click on that. Before we get to that, okay. uh, tell me about what did you do before Buds? Uh, well, I'm a serial entrepreneur, kind of. Nice. Okay. Um, long story, I uh, did my hotel management when I first started off, uh, worked at a hotel for a month, realized that, nah, not happening, this is not my scene. Um, I used to kind of moonlight in the wedding industry, make a lot more money there. And, you know, just make, my first salary was 2000 rupees. I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I don't think I can do this. I make much more money in weddings. So moved on to, I was dating my now husband at that point nice. in time. He was a printer. So I'd started designing wedding invitations. So that nice. was my first, uh, you know, my first kind of business. Uh, post which, uh, once Carl and I got married, uh, we moved into corporate printing, stationery. Uh, always been very, very passionate about recycling. It's my, you know, it's it's very close to my heart. So uh, did a brand called Supernatural where we did corporate gifting, but with only recycled products. Oh, nice. Right. Mm, so, you know, combination of recycled wood, handmade paper, all of that. Uh, paper, again, is something that I'm really passionate about. Uh, post that. Uh, so with the corporate, I mean, the corporate gifting came lighting mm. and uh, realized that lighting was you know with handmade paper especially was something that was really really special like you could see people getting attracted to it and all of that and i loved it uh, so started designing lights uh, and moved into a brand called shady ideas which again <laughs> nice i like it <laughs> yeah so uh, yeah we had a store Al and i together at uh, the west uh, and then came the pandemic and then everything just went spiraling mm. down. I also think um, there were a lot of lessons learned through that whole journey as to, you know, how to build a business, what to do, what not to do. I think was very, very important. And uh, yeah, so it was like a pretty much crazy journey. And uh, then came the pandemic. <laughs> and that's when Bardison was born. Yeah. So before we jump into Bardison, Jordan, tell me about what you did before. Uh, so I'm pretty fresh to the place. Actually, I... Um, obviously, I was still in college when I started Bartisans. I was in doing my hospitality again, and I was actually in Dubai doing my in internship at the Grovna House. And I think we had to run away from there because the, there was no other way of coming back. So once we did come back, we we I was we were stuck at home. Said okay, cool. Let's let's make a few drinks and uh, yeah. Jordan has gotten over Dubai and Grabna, <laughs> right? All right. So, uh, how did the idea of Bartisans come about? So, to be honest, 
uh, we are a cocktail drinking family. Mm. I think you know. Uh, do you? I mean, if you have a friend whose house you go to uh, to have cocktails, that's our house. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now I know if I want cocktails, yeah. whose house do I to go to now? It's something we have always been passionate about. Not only Jordan and I, but my husband Carl as well. I mean, Carl would make margaritas for the. He can do margaritas for a hundred people party nice. and one go. Like he nice. is so good at it, right? <laughs> and uh, we've always grown up drinking uh, cocktails together. We have. I come from a really huge family, so uh, you know, cousins, friends. All would get together. So it was it was always like I think I don't have a single memory where cocktails has not been a part of a good time that we've had. Like not a single one. So it was very very obvious that you know it was something that we were really passionate about. Mm. And then of course when Jordan came back from Dubai and we saw the skill set that he brought along, I was like, man, we have to milk this. <laughs> Nice. How can you not? Nice. Like, come on, we've got to do something with this. We're good at it. We love it. Um, so we started really small. We started doing it at home in the kitchen, and because we came from print and packaging, it became so much more easier for us to just do everything mm -hmm. at home. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I still remember uh, we built the Shopify website ourselves. Uh, I did a random Skillshare. Was it Skillshare? Skillshare. Take a Skillshare. Jordan did an Adobe Premiere course. I did a photography course. We started doing our own photography, our own videography. Just nice. like we had nothing to do. We were drinking and we were doing this. <laughs> and we were having such a good time doing it that we were like, wow, this is fun. If this is what work could be. And funnily, it was actually at the lowest point in our lives, you know, because we had shut a business. It was not easy. I mean, 11 years of shady ideas was difficult. You know, like, of course, it's difficult, right? To give up and tell yourself that, okay, listen, it's time to let go. And I think the pandemic gave us that kind of break to just let go and say, okay, it's time to move on. And we just grabbed on to this, I think, all three of us. Nice. Uh, and yeah. And how did the name come about? Ah, that's Carl. Carl always. Shady Ideas was also him. Bartisans was also him. He was like, you guys are artisans at a bar. I mean, it has to be Bartisans. He was very, very clear about it. But he's really good at it. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Well, what does it mean? Artisans at a bar. Artisans at the bar. Yeah, artisans. Yeah, bar Lovely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when you uh, started Bartisans, you wanted to do what? What was the primary goal behind starting Bartisans? Apart from the fact that you love making cocktails. Mm. So I think it was very clearly for us the fact that if, uh, you know, we would just want, we knew what what a good time we would have, mm -hmm. you know, just being together and doing things together. Mm -hmm. And our first version of Barsons was like this little cocktail kit where we would give you, you know, lime juice, the syrup or flavored syrup, the bitters, like little cocktail mm. napkins and just the experience of putting things together while you're having a good time. And for us, if as Bartisans, we could be a part of that good time was all we wanted. I mean, right. it was a very simple kind of, you know, like a, like a, I don't know, a dream kind of thing, right? You just, you feel like, yeah, I mean, what better karma than to be part of people's good time. Good. So they are. Uh Today, uh, when you're growing, what is something that has worked very well for you in terms of a growth strategy? My growth strategy, you mean business-wise? Yes, mean... business-wise. So start with. So I think with business, it's we've been on point with branding. I think we've been very, very particular about how we portray ourselves, what we say, uh, what we do, who we really are. See, our business is basically who we really are and just staying 
true to that, I think has helped us come a long way because we've never had to lie, we've never had to pretend or, you know, when Jordan and I do videos together on Instagram, it's us. This is who we are. We don't have to act or do anything out of the way. So I think that has helped us come a long way. It has helped our customers identify with us, know us better, get to know us as people rather than as a product. I don't think people ever buy a product. Mm -hmm. I think they always buy a yep. story of people who's behind it. I do that so I know that, you know, when you ident when you talk to, a, if a brand can tell you who they are with the people around them, I think you nailed it. And I, think so I loved how you were able to uh, pinpoint your USP. Many times I've seen brands become big, but they think it's like seven, eight different things that went well together. Yeah. I think you have a great product, of course. You have a great brand. But the fact that your brand image yeah. is how you are normally yeah. and that's just an extension of, so you don't really have to put on a fake smile, you don't have yeah. to put on a fake accent yeah. when you go on camera because yeah. that's just you, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of my friends, uh, she does a lot of videos, a lot of this thing, like almost like 50 a day. Yeah. And I was like, doesn't this tire you out? Like it yeah. wouldn't, for me, it would yeah. tire me out. Yeah. 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 But for her, she's like, I'm just being who I am. I'm doing what I do. It's just the camera happens to be on. Correct. That's it. Yeah. And there's, there are days when I will do something and it's not that interesting. I may not even post it. I will do 50 videos a day, 30 videos a day, 40 photos a day is because that's just a natural extension of who I am. If I had to fake it, I wouldn't have been able to last yeah. this long. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And uh, whenever I've seen any of your videos, I think that, that genuineness, that happiness comes. And I think that's just how you guys are as I mean, you are as a person and you guys are as a family. Yeah. Right? yeah. Uh, today, uh, how big is Bardison people wise? Like how many people are behind the scenes? Oh, we're very small. Uh, we're still very, very small. Okay. We have an all-women kitchen. Oh, nice. Uh, very I nice. have about 12 of my girls. Uh, my girls have been with me forever. <laughs> like, some of them from Supernatural. Wow. Right? And they've just stayed with me. They're like, dude, whatever you do, we'll do with yep. you. And, <laughs> Love it. you know, yeah. But I think that those are the best years. relationships, right? Yeah. I mean, they, they, they trans... Uh, they, you know, transform... Uh, or uh, not transform, what is the right word? Like transgress companies. It's yes. nothing to the companies, that yeah. relationship yeah. with the person yeah. that they have. Absolutely. I think you've been doing something right for that to kind of stick <laughs> along for that long. Yeah. Right? My oldest employee is 20 years now. Oh, wow. Like 20 years with me. So I guess, you know, we've grown up together. We've never felt the need. I've never felt the need to let go of them. They've never felt the need to let go Look of at me. You. We've always grown together. I think as a company, we're more, actually, we're just more like family now. Even the way we talk to each other, like other people come and they like watch us. <laughs> we're like, what is going on here? <laughs> but you do what works for you. Yeah, it's like yeah. As as absolutely. It. There and are no rules. No, so what is a challenge that you face, especially, and I want this question to you, as a mother-son viewer, what is the biggest <laughs> challenge that you face? <laughs> I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> So, if you ask me, like, in all honesty, yeah, when you're, when you're somebody's kid, you know, you're, you go to work somewhere else and you stay away from home and you come back home and you're like, okay, family's here. When you're working with your mom, it's like <laughs> you're with her 24-7, yeah. you know, so it, it can get tough at times, but Nothing too tough to deal not, with. Not can, too bad. Yeah. Yet. <laughs> not yet. 
Jordan, we have a plan. We are working towards making sure Jordan moves out. Okay, as soon as possible. As soon as possible. Jordan moves out or Jovita moves? I don't know. From home, Jordan from moves. From home. Uh, okay. So the so either. Oh, I thought from the company. Step one is Jordan moves out of home. <laughs> that way, we just have like our own separate, you know, kind of lives to live, and we meet at work. We say, "Ah, hello," and then go back to our own lives. So, was it your plan or his? Actually, sadly, mine. Oh. <laughs> I can't wait. That is sadly. Yeah, it it okay. will be difficult for me to tell my kids. Okay, now it's time, guys. Now yeah, <laughs> go. Jao, like, yeah. But yeah. I, I guess if I worked with my kids, then hundred percent. So mm-hmm. that's something that. Uh, so I've also worked in a, a family business. I'll buy it for a very short period of time. Yeah. But I also left it. For a very simple reason is you'll always be the as I told you earlier also the yeah. sun and the moon I'll always be the moon yeah. and uh, also that separation I think is very important yeah. right so you can do different things you can support each other so by the end after I moved out yeah. it's not like I didn't do work for them I mean I did websites I did so much I continued supporting as much as I could yeah. but yes it was I mean I did start a separate business uh, which is not even in the same field yeah. right? and uh, but but I think that helped tremendously Correct. it helped the relationship yeah. and uh, the idea is we also started developing new skills different yeah. different skill sets like even today yeah. like my dad will help me out when we are doing infra like new labs okay. it's him okay uh, my mom is our cfo by the way so by the way uh, in my case also oh, my mom does work with my dad mom does work with so she is cfo of our group okay because not an everyday interaction but nonetheless yeah. the money flow money control is there which yeah. helps tremendously tremendously means absolutely tremendously yeah. because i don't have to worry about that side of business yeah. which is a big big side of exactly. business exactly uh, especially money going out yeah. that is controlled by her which is tremendously beneficial to me yeah. and uh, but having that family support can be a, a you know absolute value yeah the big challenge has to be of to kind of keep your areas like keep your lanes balanced yeah. so for example i don't interfere in her lane she doesn't interfere in my lane like yeah. apart from finance she will not tell me about anything else whatever i'm doing it's fine yeah. i didn't hit my numbers that's fine so that's like sales marketing operations yeah. all that is my side yeah. this thing is her side when it comes to infra yeah hey my dad does this that's on him i so we set up four labs in the pandemic okay i had not stepped foot in them till few months ago oh really we set up four new facilities wow the annual laboratories without me leaving mumbai without him leaving mumbai in a different house i'm in a different house without us leaving our living rooms we were able to set up four labs and i'd not even set foot in them that's insane now i've started stepping foot in them now that things have opened yeah. up and kind of and i've i've actually not seen two of those labs oh, till sure. now yeah. <laughs> right so but having that uh, uh, faith Yeah. that the other person can do it without yeah. interfering i think is critical yeah it, at madison's how have you all distributed work like is something uh, you do everything together or you look at something and he looks at yeah. something yeah so we very very, very defined yeah, yeah. Very so what, what what does the definition look like so jordan does product he's okay. definitely product obviously because he's our expert mixologist he also handles you know everything that comes post buying so okay. post purchase all all aspects are looked after jordan logistics you know customer service post buy etc everything gets looked after him uh, pre buying everything gets looked after uh, me because i handle uh, so i coordinate with the marketing we have a you know uh, uh, a marketing lead astha uh, so she and me work more closely together than you know say jordan and i working because we decide okay what goes out there in terms of marketing etc how do we how much the finances are handled by me these guys don't you know involve themselves in that so those as the, those are the ways that we i i handle 
so even in the kitchen because the girls are known to me better we work for so many years together so i handle the operations side of the kitchen but mm. jordan handles the production side the whole you know all of that so one. i guess we've got very clear cut we don't overstep into each other's boundaries i think that's one of the best and the only ways absolutely uh, to absolutely. do it and and you know we're very clear that uh, whoever's in charge of that segment has the last say in it and uh, anything else of course the market dictates we are also very very clear <laughs> uh, so things like you know if, even there are certain things that we are very passionate about whatever uh, but eventually uh, i'll give you a small example right um, uh, there's a so we coming up we want to do an activation flavor so what we do is we uh, release uh, two collections in a year and in between those collections we do an activation flavor which is basically something we get to talk to talk about uh, you know uh, reengage our customers etc um i said let's do a rasam hmm. jordan said no <laughs> <laughs> i said please yeah like you know let's do something that's a little different all of that uh so he gave in he said chalo let's do it uh, but we'll do it on the caveat that we send it out to uh, 50 uh, actually 150 150 top selling customers and ask them what they think about it everybody hated it <laughs> i loved it i still love it i'm just so happy i have 50 bottles that i can drink i'm like go to hell y'all <laughs> i will just drink it but so in those things we're very clear that mm. market dictates if you know 150 people are turning around and telling you dude ki ye nahi chalega i don't like this yeah. i mean all the i mean we are so glad that you guys are being so experimental all right please ah usne karo so yeah so we you know we we realized that that's the way to go about it you know it's a more democratic way we 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 it's like a voting system literally for us and yeah. the customer is the biggest the voter in the customer is the voter yeah 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 so uh, when we do innovation yeah. uh, at equinox we always try and involve the client in that and in the past any time i have tried innovating without involving the client it has bombed terribly yeah. like imagine you going launching rasam globally or pan india spending tons of marketing money and then hearing back like yeah what people hell? are buying it once and <laughs> yeah. not buying it again you like what the hell Absolutely. right so uh, one thing you realize is when we launch something new so we recently launched a, a concept called compliance cloud which okay. is fssa keeps coming out with new regulations yeah. right so uh, it's very difficult for people to keep track of these regulations Kide. because every week three four five new ones get released now how do you know which one is applicable to you have to read so if you want to be that conscious you have to read every one of them yeah. to figure out it's all applicable to yeah which is a lot of time and so what happens is nobody reads them correct until you are defaulted and somebody comes and tells you you've done it wrong now pay the penalty and you yeah. know get it fixed yeah it's too late yeah. you've lost brand you've lost face you've spent money you've re- you've burnt a lot of money yeah. let's say there's a change in packaging regulations and you've printed 10000 bottles yeah and now if we change all of them yeah yeah it cost you tens of thousands of lakhs of rupees right exactly what we've done is so we wanted a concept called compliance cloud so we asked our customers so this concept by the way came up from our customers so we asked them hey what is the biggest hurdle that you're facing got it i thought it will be around testing yeah they said no it's fssa regulations so many new ones come out okay we kind of rely on you guys to tell us but obviously now we have 75000 clients yeah. you can't get on to phone with 75000 clients saying this new regulations out Absolutely. So we obviously then went tech, and we figured out how can we do. So we built our entire platform. Uh, it's an app, okay. but more than an app, it's actually email. Because uh-huh. again, if it's an app, yeah. people are really going to log into an app and see. See, correct. Nobody's going to do it. So yeah. we have a web app, yeah. and everything comes on email. Excellent. The service is selling like hotcakes. It doesn't even require to be certified. Just tell you about it. Yeah. And the pricing is like some three thousand a year. Yeah, like I'm already thinking. Like nobody's like, like, like done. Like this is yeah. like there's no second conversation. Yeah. We price by the pricing. Also, we ask the client. 
how much should we price? Because it's a tech product. Correct. There's no right or wrong pricing. I can charge 10,000, I can charge 2,000 also. Yeah. What is the right product? People said 5,000, 7,000. A large segment said that amount. Some people said 2, 3,000. So we kind of averaged out our companies on 3.5. Find the intro, maybe we're doing it for 3K. It's flying like hotcakes, right? Absolutely. Involving a customer yeah. is so powerful Absolutely. because now they become, now they are, many people who bought are the ones who had that idea. Yeah. By the way, we had the, we got it from a few people. Yeah. We validated another thousand people. Hey guys, we're launching this. Yeah. So we we started doing that yeah. as if the product is ready. Yeah. There's, no, there's nothing ready. Yeah. Hey guys, we're going to launch it in a month. Yeah. This is the product. Here's the pricing. Would you buy it? Yeah. If 80% or more say yes, we launch the product. Correct. If 50 or whatever say, no, we don't launch the product. If it's yeah. between, then we retool, repackage, re-see what to do and then we kind of go back. So that's been super, you know, very, very helpful. Yeah. Uh, tell me about how collabs help you in your business. Ah, oh, tremendously, right? Tremendously. I mean, it's, uh, A, it's fun to do, right? You know, just to come up with ideas, just to come up with, you know, we're, we're talking to a chocolate brand now, we're talking to a coffee brand. Nice. Uh, we want to do stuff together with these kind of, you know, odd ball kind of things. We did something with a, um, uh, with a suitcase brand. <laughs> that would be yeah. interesting to, yeah. I, I didn't see that. I'm definitely going to revisit like, how do you partner with a suitcase? It's like, like me trying to partner with the airline. <laughs> <laughs> like saying, me and Vistara is our, Equinox Labs and Vistara is going to do. <laughs> so, so thanks to Astha, we, I mean, you know, she can just connect anything to anybody. She was like, you know, let's like put stuff into a carry all and take it to our picnic and you know out comes Madison's and you know it's so easy Pretty to carry cool. and it was good fun right so I guess collaborations help not only when you know you, you're trying to basically tell people how you fit into their lives right so nothing's gonna work if you don't fit in people aren't gonna change their life for you no matter how much they like you or your product or whatever if you're not gonna fit in in the right way there's no way they're gonna you know adapt to that product uh, so I guess for us, it's been all about trying to fit into, uh, like we did something with the fragrance brand uh, where we said, uh, you know, things to do in your home before uh, your guests arrive. Okay. Right? Make sure your mixers are stocked, make sure you've lit up your, or, you know, uh, uh, turned around your reed diffuser and you're all set, turn on the AC and your guests arrive. And, you know, so just small things like that. That's it's very cool. relatable. I mean, you know. So, and apart from that, the fact that your customer base gets to know about each other, right? About each other's brands. So, it's a, it's it's mutually beneficial to both brands. And I think that really kind of saves you a lot. I mean, today, if you ask any D2C brand, what's your biggest issue? They're going to see meta ads. Of course. <laughs> the cats and the noises and everybody's just going to be talking about. There's no other conversation that happens. True. Uh, but I think this is one kind of way to kind of circ circumvent that little bit where, you know, you're talking about each other's product. So, your customer base gets to know about both products and, and it saves you that little bit of so is it, uh, have you seen that as a big challenge for your category where because uh, cocktail mixers get associated with alcohol, of course. Yeah. Is that been a big challenge in of terms course. of online ads? Of course, of okay. course. Sure challenge. We constantly get rejected because we reference alcohol. I mean, uh, see, we are very clear, right? Uh, we don't, at least, we don't think of drinking alcohol as a bad thing. When you do it in your limits, we're doing it for the right reason. I think also... India and the growing 
you know, the younger population in India has come a long way. Uh, they, they're very conscious about what they drink, why they're drinking it. They want to know what they're drinking, what goes into that drink. Uh, I think that's why so many handcrafted gins today, right? Uh, so many flavor profiles. Everybody is trying and experimenting and they want to do more and know more. Uh, and I think we're the right fit for that kind of entire, uh, you know, generation in that sense. Um, so uh, it becomes very easy for us then to just tell people that, hey, listen, you know, uh, but when it comes to uh, the law and the legalities, anything that references alcohol is definitely a problem because, of course, you know, the government is also looking at a larger. Of course. Yeah. You okay. know, and I don't I don't disagree. Uh, but I think who we are targeting is completely different. We are targeting people who are aware, who know and who are conscious. So I guess it makes a big so difference. So uh, is this as a category something that is still new in India or do you think it's getting to maturity or is it still... No, I don't even think we've skimmed the surface here. Okay. I think it's, it's a long way to go. I was talking to a very, uh, you know, one of the top bartenders in the country the other day and he was telling me, oh my God, you've chosen artist task. And I'm like... Oh, shucks, thanks. <laughs> yeah, he's like, it's 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 tough. It's tough. It, I think it's just about beginning. Um, so for us, as um, you know, as partisans, we know that we've just got to survive. We've got to hang in there, make sure that we, you know, go through that cycle of people knowing and understanding what a cocktail is, and and um, you know, see, for somebody, a rum and coke can also be a cocktail, right? That's right? like Jordan will, Jordan will go to a restaurant and have a Cuba Libre. Sounds good, and it's a rom-and-co. And for some people, like a Negroni, the nuances of a Negroni matter so much. Like you know, there are people who like it a certain way, they want it a certain way, and there are people who taste me. I remember we being at the Gin Explorers Club, people ordering for a Negroni at other stalls, other gin stalls, not knowing what it was, and then coming to us and saying, "Please fix this. This is bitter." <laughs> I'm like, "Dude, you don't fix it." <laughs> So it's a journey. I can see that a lot of people are learning, they're understanding what it's going to take, how it's going to go. But it's going to be a long way. I think it's a long, long way. Uh, I think it's what um, I would compare it to coffee. Mm. You know how artisanal coffee was? Uh, nobody would, I don't think people would think paying three, four hundred rupees a coffee was a done deal 10 Correct. years ago. Correct. But look at today. I mean, Correct. look at where Starbucks is not, I mean, forget Starbucks, look at the... Jordan is a huge coffee aficionado. I mean, uh, Blue Tokai, look at what Sapko is doing. All of these guys. I mean, they're doing such a great job. So it's a process. I, I, I'm sure we'll get there. But no, it's not even begun. So right now, which is one of your best selling products? Like what's your top selling product? Hmm. So because we are so seasonal and we keep bringing in, currently, I think uh, the Raid and Run is our top selling product. Uh, the Raid and Run basically is a jamun and jeera mixer. Uh, we call it the Raid and Run because as uh, as children, we would steal jamuns from my neighbor's tree and we would run. <laughs> and that adrenaline is still what I feel every time I you know think about it or take a sip. It's one of my favorite mixers uh, right now. It's very well balanced, goes beautifully with gin and vodka and I love it. And then as a, uh, even as a mocktail, I mean, just as a plain, just as a drink, a uh, beverage, it's so refreshing. But well. have you uh, explored becoming a... Uh soft drink company ah, as you said that hey you can send yeah, us as a mocktail yeah but, yeah but i don't think that's how you're promoting it you obviously want to promote yeah, you're promoting yeah, as, a mixer. Yeah, as a mixer but then have you ever thought of creating a line that would just be ready to drink mocktails well i've 
I hope I'm able to do that at some point in time. But I feel that the beverage industry in this country is a challenge. Simply because we are not a beverage front country. It's not like how Europe and the US is. Right? Very beverage forward. The first thing they do is offer somebody a drink. You go to someone's house in India, uh, auntie at home will say, kya khaoge, beta?
coke to your rum it's uh, it's going to be fun we're going to be innovative we're going to be coming up with some really crazy ass things uh, we're going to be like okay every time we're going to have a cocktail and that cocktail is some uh, is something that is going to be the pride of what you are serving to your guests it's going to be for Watson's nice i love the i love the vision have you ever thought of uh, diversifying into coffees or coffee mixers so it becomes like an everyday thing Date. rather than a... Because yeah, see now, partisans, if I have a party, yes, I'll get partisans. But do I have a party every day? No, I'll have a party once in two weeks, three weeks, month. Yeah, absolutely. So have you ever thought of creating some product that becomes a daily use? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Definitely. Uh, we know that eventually we have to do that okay. because, you know, that's part of survival strategy, right? Just doing this may not get us there and we're very, really real about it. Um, but what that is, is still something that we are, you know, contemplating, thinking about. Uh, if you ask Jordan, what are you going to say? Cool. Yeah. <laughs> no, so I, I'll tell you the funny part. Uh, I'm a coffee aficionado as well. Uh, I have this, and I, I switched to black about three years ago when I started my health journey. I was planning to lose weight, so cut sugar, so I just switched to black, and black taste crap. So uh, about uh, two and a half years ago, I found this uh, mixer. And I, I found it in the US, I didn't find it here. Okay. Which is a sugar-free uh, hazelnut flavor. Okay. Just like one squirt of that changes the entire coffee profile. Okay. And now that's become standard, and I've tried looking for it here, I've looked on Amazon, I've not found Anything that comes close. Go I've tried two, three other things. Nothing comes close. And I only get this in the US. Every time I go there, yeah. I buy like whatever is on the shelf. Like there are like 10 things. I'll pick up all the 10 bottles uh -huh. because I don't know where I'm going to go next. Yeah. And I normally go three, four months, yeah. every three, four, six months. But I never know if I'm going to go next. Yeah. Because pandemic, I was stuck not having it for almost yeah. a year, year and a half in between. And even when I went in the pandemic, when the window opened for US yeah. for about two weeks, the exact, when the window opened next day, I was on there and the window was about to close one day before that I came oh. in. The day I land, the first thing to go to the store and I buy all the coffee mixers and I come back. So that, I real, and that's an everyday thing. Every yeah. time I have coffee here or any other house, yeah. that's something that will go in because that instantly changes the coffee profile and something I really enjoyed and I've not seen anything close to it. Oh, that is one. Two, anyone who's had that here, yeah. the next time they come, yeah. they will ask for it. They will, in the messages, they're like, oh, we're planning something. Hey, you're going to, you start with cool coffee, right? Like, hey, maybe, can you make a friend I'm coming here? And just normal black coffee. I mean, yes, you have the pods and all that now. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. before the pods, I have just normal coffee with this, you know, just like a little squish of this. Yeah. Changes the entire profile. So that, I mean, upon when it is upon me, yeah. there's a huge market for that. Absolutely. But so many people have coffee. Absolutely. Many of them may not love the coffee. They have it because it's a... Almost like a drug, like you need the yeah. two cups a day or yeah. one cup a day. Yeah. But if you can change it to something you really enjoy. Yeah. So I think Rage has done that uh, really well in terms of orange flavored coffee, this flavored yeah. coffee, right? Where they've taken normal boring yeah. coffee and they've turned it into something yeah. exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, everyone may not be able to always get that or they may not have that around. Correct. So creating a, a, a mixer for yeah. that, I think, yeah. has a tremendous value. Absolutely. Those are my it's a great idea, actually. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Uh, 
you said that uh, in the long run you want to move out of Bartlesons and that's something he continues or is it the what, what do you think of that <laughs> is that something you are looking forward to or how is that going to play out it's probably if she goes it's going to be quite tough you know we split our responsibilities there's nothing that like I mean it goes both ways I think yeah you <laughs> miss <laughs> Cecilia <laughs> no you miss the way I've seen it is anytime I've seen a duo uh, similar to this it, it doesn't break off because end of the day she's still your mom and she leaves <laughs> day to day she's still around to help support and vice versa and he goes to something else he'll still be around yeah, and he yeah, will support sure, sure. Uh, today what is the largest growth challenge is it discovery is it that's a new category what is that biggest challenge for you at the moment? Yeah, so definitely discovery. Discovery. Right? discovery is huge. For people to know that we exist, people to know who Artisans is, I think is a big thing. I think we're working towards that largely. That's why we're so brand focused. That's why we're so brand story focused. You know, everything is built around that. Uh, but it's still a difficult thing to do uh, with little money. If hmm. you have money, then it's a different thing. But with, I mean, you know, with, with us, I mean... You guys are bootstrapped. Yeah. Uh, so we do have, uh, you know, we are, we are invested in, but okay. very little, like okay. we, we just a pre-seed, very little money. So okay. I think that's even worse than being bootstrapped. <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> <Why is laughs> I swear to you, man, <laughs> I wish I had more money. Because if it, when it's no money, then you'll still do it traditionally. You will, but, because the, but the minute you get funded, you get funded too little to make an impact. And yet you are treated like you need to make that impact. Which Correct. is which puts you in an, an impossible position. Correct. So a lot of times I really wish that we weren't, you know, we didn't have that money because our money gets over like that. And then you've got to, you know, change things around. Uh, which in today's scenario, at least in the D2C scenario, is pretty tough. It is so uh, uh, just before this, I had another interview and behind the exact same conversation, yeah. behind the scenes where we are talking about what is the right time. To raise money, yes. How much should you raise? Yeah. And who should we raise it with? Yes. Right. So that becomes very critical because Correct. today, even if you want to raise five hundred k or a million dollars, yeah, it's quite easy. Yeah. The people who will give you the money. Correct. But who is giving you the money, and what's going to happen with your life after you get that money? Exactly. Is very very different. Exactly. You see, I've seen so many companies, and especially in the tech space, yeah, who take money and they say, "Oh, we figure it out." Yeah. Using the money. Those don't last for too long. No. Because they haven't figured it out. Yeah. I think the right time to raise money is you have a machine. Yeah. You put in a rupee, two rupees falls out. Yes. Hey, you can say, you know what, I can come putting that one rupee here, two rupees comes, I'll put another rupee from that and I'll, I'll keep generating that. But I can afford one. Yes. Oh, somebody else wants to come and put ten. Yeah. Okay, hey, we can together make more money. Yeah, exactly. That's the right time to do it. Correct. Trying to figure out how to do it. Yeah. I think is extremely risky for both the investor exactly. as well as the investee. Exactly. Because the minute you raise money, yeah. expectations come. Yeah. Now you have to, you're accountable to an outside investor. Yeah. They want out. They want returns. Yeah. Exactly. They are going to pressurize you for returns. Yeah. Of course. And it's, I mean, for them, they're putting money for returns. Right? Yeah. They're not doing it for fun. Yeah. Right. Uh, they have to obviously prove to their stakeholders. Exactly. So it's a, it's a dual-edged sword. Yeah. Getting the right investor, however, can also be game-changing because they can connect you to the right set of people. Yeah. The next fund that comes, especially maybe not as much in pre-seed, but once you actually go maybe for a series A or even a pre-series A, yeah. they can actually help you get to the next one. Correct. So the second, third, fourth round becomes a little easier, easier. and you're not stuck. Uh, I know so many companies who are on the verge of failure. Okay. But they got bought out 
Okay. Because this investor was common with another investor, the bigger company, and same investor. Yeah. They actually funded the buyout so they don't publicly fail. Yeah. Right. Correct. So that I mean that helps so you don't completely go on the ground. Yeah. However, sometimes because of investors, you're forced to make decisions Correct. that you wouldn't be comfortable. With. Yes. Sometimes in terms of speed, sometimes in terms of quality, sometimes in terms of you're being forced to not create a coffee mixture. You're not. Yeah. You're not. You're not personally invested, but yeah. like, no, no, you have to create a new category, guys. I've given you so much money now. Go and do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you, as a founder, are not right. Yeah. So getting that right, yeah. investor yeah. becomes a very yeah. important part. Yeah. Uh, do you look at? I mean, are you looking at raising something in the next year or two? Definitely, we will need to, right? Because. Um, See, in all honesty, I think we've been very lucky with our investors. We've not, uh, these are people who have helped us to, to get to this journey. Uh, because it's not been easy to start, stop, start, stop twice and then start again all fresh. I mean, these are people who understood uh, the category, who understood the way of working and, and led us down this road you know very very i think they've been really fabulous i have no complaints against them and with least amount of pressure they've allowed us you know the space to kind of do what we wanted to do uh but i do agree you always uh with a so if you know i i've realized this if it was say a home decor right you know how to do that pro profitably everybody needs home decor everyone's building new homes see if you want a buildings coming up look at this one here right i mean come on so it's easier uh, you know that there's a category that exists but when there's a category that doesn't exist and then you have a process of education which is expensive i think that's where the challenge lies for us for us the fact that you know, we are we are working with a category that has that people are not aware. You know, forget being aware of Barsons; they don't know what a cocktail is. Forget knowing what a cocktail mixer is, and then knowing what Barsons is. I mean, come on, we've chosen like I the said, hardest, the, hardest, yeah. the hardest part. That's the hardest part, right? But it's eventually, as an as an as an entrepreneur, you, you know, you have to hang in there. You've got to give it your level best. And um, I, I mean, I've done so many things before. I've only learned, and I'm going to learn from this as well. And I hope he gets a chance to learn. For me, it's that's a bigger uh, joy that he'll get to know what it is. Uh, uh, I mean, we, uh, I, I, like I said, I don't know what that going forward. We may not even be a cocktail mixer company tomorrow, but we're going to be something. And whatever we've gone through is going to help us get there. It's a, you know, it's a, it's a journey. It's never, it's not going to be a destination. So whenever you uh, start a new category, yeah. the burden will always lie on the first mover. Yeah. I've seen so many people start the whole uh, plant-based meat, yeah. plant-based egg. Yeah. There's so many new and new categories coming yeah. up. Yeah. But what I've also seen is, a second mover, a third mover can actually come in yes. and overtake the first mover yes. because they invested more in marketing and sales yeah. and they were able to overcome. The first mover always unfortunately has the burden of creating the awareness. Yeah. So if you want to be a first mover and win, yeah. while you're educating, you should be also creating that reach, Correct. creating that affordability, creating that access so yeah. that people can try your product, buy your product, rebuy your product with as minimal friction as possible. Correct. So that you start getting a bigger market share. Yeah. Because somebody else is going to swoop in and, oh, you educated the person on, yeah. hey, what is cocktail? And somebody else comes, hey, here was my cocktail yeah, mixer. Right? They saw your two ads, bought right. from the third ad. Yeah. Right? So having that uh, runway of yeah. continuous education. Yeah. I mean, after you educated me, targeting me, after I have bought, continue to target me. I know so many people who stop targeting people who bought from them. 
Yeah, like, like that doesn't you work. You just wasted you, a lot of money. You just wasted money. I mean, you bought it once. Yeah. What is your mechanism for it to buy again? I think the good part that you have is since you sell from your direct website. Yeah. If I buy from you, you have all my details. Yeah. You can keep educating me. You can keep getting me excited about the new flavors you launch. Right. Uh, let's just uh, uh, double click on flavors for a second. So are all your flavors seasonal? Are they keep changing, or do you have a couple of products which are? So initially, when we did start, we said we would do you know seasonal. We'll uh, we'll you know phase them out for seasons. Uh, but that didn't turn out to be a good strategy. Uh, we invested a lot of money in, say, uh, when we first launched our strawberry and jalapeno. It took off. And then when the strawberry season went away, we had to stop it. And we're like, okay, dude, this ain't happening. <laughs> we got to fix it. So now we are more continuous. We, we make sure that, you know, we've uh, frozen enough fresh fruit to be able to last through, you know, the entire year. So that's what we built those systems now to be able to have that product throughout the year. Because uh, our product is also only real using real ingredients. Right. So we don't use... So what's your shelf life of your product? 12 months. 12 months. Okay. Yes. But you're able to get 12 months yeah. with, uh, with real foods. Real not... fruits. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. I think that's a secret sauce that yes. you kind of cracked. Yes. 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 <laughs> no, so because see, the longer shelf life allows you larger distribution area. Correct. Right? Yes. I remember working with uh, uh, companies in the whole uh, fresh juice category. Yeah. Cold press category where yeah. the shelf life should be three days. Yes. That severely restricted the distribution. Yeah. So then they, act they actually worked with us, a few of them, and we actually got them to 21 days, which suddenly opened up the entire country, opened up the Middle East, opened up other things. Correct. And was through a simple little technology that we were able to you know, kind of yeah. get them there. Yeah. But uh, if you're able to create a shelf stable product for 12 months, yes. your world is your oyster. Absolutely. There's nothing stopping you going global. Absolutely. So do you see in your five year plan? Bartisans also being global? So we'll have to do that, right? Because I feel that the global market is more, um, uh, you know, aware of the product in itself. It'll be easier for me to sell in a US or a UK today than it is in India in any yeah. case. And uh, even the UAE for that matter, with a whole lot of expat population over there as well, it becomes a much easier market for mm. us. Uh, we don't have to spend too much on awareness really, you know, on at least brand awareness, yes, but product awareness, we won't really have to spend too much on. So it's a discovery then. So, it's on yeah, you know. so with the 12-month shelf life, yeah. you can actually be in UAE wherever today. Yes. You just need to start showing ads there. Yes. And you can start getting at least some shipments going there, finding yes. then we're possibly finding a distributor. Yes. So many a times people will say, oh, I don't have a distributor, so I'm not going there. I'm like, you can just start by shipping directly. Yes, you will lose a little money, yeah. but you don't you don't have to wait till you find the local distributor. Yeah. I mean, it's just simple enough to, exactly. if you have a shelf-stable product, you don't need dry ice, exactly. you don't need anything cold. Exactly. You can kind of ship them exactly. out. Exactly, exactly. Uh, what is a life lesson that you have learned in the last couple of years, being a co-founder of Bartisan along with your mom? This is tough. <laughs> no, it's also a lot of fun. And, you know, like, I think a never give up attitude is kind of what you need to go along with if you want to move anywhere in life. You know, the moment you think to yourself, Ki, okay, I can't do this anymore. It's just, you know, it, it kind of ruins the entire experience that you had. But I think, yeah, develop that Never give up attitude has taken some time, but I think yeah, we're pretty good right now and yeah. going well. Yeah. So Jovita, what have you learned from Jordan as a co-founder? A lot. I think I mean to work with a generation that's different from yours that has such a fresh perspective 
सो मच फन आई मीन आई एम सो लकी आई मीन आस्था हिम आई मीन दीज गायटीज आई आई लूज टेन इयर्स ऑफ माई एज जस्ट स्पेंडिंग माई डेज विद राइटिंग uh they do look up to you for your experience because you know you've 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 had those feelings before you don't want them to have it but you have to hold yourself back because you want them to have their own feelings as well right i mean you're never going to learn from someone else's failures as much as you're going to learn of from course. your own absolutely so i think for me uh it's a little tough to tell myself listen hey you know let to let go just let them be do their own thing uh, uh is is a little uh, is a little tough also because I'm a A-type personality. I also like to take over. So it's it's and it's especially when you're doing it with your own kid, so difficult to hold back. The other day, our investor came to our office and uh, he actually said, "I I like Jordan the most." And why do you like Jordan the most? Because I work with my dad for a week and I didn't realize how horrible it was. <laughs> and he is working with his mom. I mean, come on. <laughs> It has to be a different level of resilience. <laughs> nice, nice. So I understand that. I truly do. Mm, uh, but um, I think for us, there's that great amount of balance, right? We get the best of both worlds, and if we can just, um, you know, put partisans ahead of us, mm. I think we're fine. You know, if egos don't come into play, which most of the times we really don't, we we don't really care about what people think about us or what you know my thing has to be heard or whatever, because we have systems in place. I think if you put systems in place to follow a certain process, that by if the system and the process works, then go ahead, do it. Yeah, who's stopping you? I mean. So my last question to both of you is: How do you compound yourself? How do you grow? Uh, Not as a company, as people, as a person. How do you grow? Don't stop learning. Mm. <laughs> Don't stop meeting people. I love. I love these kind of things. I mean, I have learned more from you today than anything. I mean, you know, I would have in my sitting in my office, right? I mean, so I think one of I never say no. I just never say no to meeting people, to going out, doing a course, to. Uh, I mean, Jordan is also like that. He's constantly. I think I have seen him a few hours of his day. uh just learning whether it's about new techniques in cocktail whether it's notion whether it's you know just i think uh, 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 the more you learn and you, you you can never really sit down and say i know it all uh, once you realize that you got to go yeah nice what yeah. about you so i would say very similar answer when it comes to learning you know knowledge where you can consume knowledge almost anywhere today there's so much out there that you probably don't know and I think that's a great way to grow, not only in a business sense but in a personal sense as well. It's, I think one of the best ways that you can do that. Yeah. Amazing. Ah, uh, thank you so much for sharing uh, so much about yourselves, about Barzins. Ah, uh, I think the product, the category, and the team behind <laughs> it is just you know all A's. So I don't see why within five years it is not a household name. It's not in every party. It's not in every celebration. It's used every day. Yeah. I think that would be a really big unlock for you guys. Yeah. And uh, I wish you guys the very best. And anything me or my team can do for you, always we are available for you guys. And I want to see Barisan. I mean, for, at every party of mine, Barisan is going to be there. That's what I was not saying. <laughs> But I would love to see it becoming a day-to-day -day name rather than a party-to-party -party name. Absolutely. <laughs> right? Thank you so, so much. So wish you guys the very best. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank, Thank you. you. So It was a pleasure. Thank you Thank so much. You.
Hey guys, hope you had an amazing time listening to the entire podcast. If you've come all the way here, I'm hoping you've written down at least one thing that you heard in that podcast. We have amazing episodes and amazing people coming up soon. So do not forget to follow us. I'll see you guys in the next one.